This is Notoriously Episcopalian. My name is Kelly Hudlow. This is a podcast of sermons and musings all about the Christian faith and especially about being an Episcopalian. This is a sermon for the second Sunday after the Epiphany, January 17th, 2021, offered at St. Simon Peter in Pell City. The principal text for the sermon is 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 20, God's Calling of Samuel. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our reading from 1 Samuel this morning is likely one that you remember from Sunday school. The calling of Samuel has all the makings of a good Bible story. Samuel is young and eager. Eli appears as a wise father figure guide. There is the drama of the voice heard at night. Three times God calls and three times Samuel goes to Eli saying, Here I am, for you called me. Finally, the third time, Eli explains to Samuel that it is not he that is calling him, but yet it is God that is calling him and says, The next time you hear this call, you need to respond, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. It is a great story that we have used to teach the importance of listening for and responding to God's call. But in making it fit to be told in Sunday school, we have removed it from its larger context. We get a hint of what's going on around this text by the part of the reading that says, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. What were those days that the text references? Israel was in a time where it was led by a series of judges that were selected by God to save the people of Israel from their enemies and from the injustice that they had created. The pattern was generally Israel would fall into sin, forgetting God and the justice that God called for. Enemies would come and a judge would raise up, defeat the enemies, restore God's justice, and life would be great until the people gave in to the temptation of injustice again and the cycle would start anew. During this time, the religious leadership was held by a high priest and his family, and when our story starts, the high priest is Eli. Samuel has been raised in the temple by Eli, having been dedicated to the service of God by his mother Hannah. Hannah, who sang a song about Samuel that will echo in Mary's own song, The Magnificent, at Jesus' conception. Hannah sings, The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. Hannah sings this song and dedicates her son to the service of the Lord in a time when Israel is again looking and facing injustice. Their enemies, the Philistines, threaten their safety. Eli, the high priest, is old. His eyesight is failing. His sons are wicked and scoundrels, the text tells us, abusing their role as religious leaders. And when Eli tells his sons to stop, they ignore him. 
And so before God calls Samuel, the text tells us that an unknown prophet comes to Eli and names the sins and failings of his son and his priesthood and says that God is going to wipe out Eli and his family that have held the priesthood and start something new. That is those days that the text referenced when Samuel has been raised in the temple near the ark of God, has been caught up in the religious life of the temple, he has failed to see and know the Lord. That is when this story of Samuel's call occurs. It is a dark time for the people of God. There is injustice, abuse, and corruption, but even in this time of sin, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. So God calls Samuel. And with the help of Eli, Samuel is able to recognize God's call and respond, Speak, for your servant is listening. Now our lectionary text cuts off at that dramatic moment, but what happens next is so very important. What happens next is God's response to Samuel saying, Speak, for your servant is listening. God says, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears it tingle. And God tells Samuel what the unnamed prophet had spoken to Eli earlier, that Eli and his household will be done away with, that no offerings can bring forgiveness for their sin and corruption, and that God is going to do something new. Now, imagine being poor Samuel, standing there in that moment, having heard these words from God, and all you really have left to do is just to go back and lay down and wait for morning to come. And when morning does come, Samuel goes in to Eli, and Eli wants to know what God said. Now Samuel is reluctant. Eli, a man that had been like his father, his teacher, wants to know the horrible words that God has said, but Eli tells the young boy, do not hide anything from me. And so Samuel tells him the words of God's judgment. In that moment, Eli had a choice to make. He could ignore what Samuel said. He could spin the story and discount the words of God, but instead Eli accepted God's judgment. It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And then Samuel is a prophet of the Lord. There are good reasons for us to shave off the difficult parts of some Bible stories, and this Bible story in particular. Good reasons to make the story apply in more universal circumstances, but there are also good reasons to remind ourselves of those hard parts in the particular context where the story comes from. Sometimes we need the simple story of a call of Samuel in the night, and other times we need to see the whole picture. Samuel was not answering a general call to serve God. This is not some generic religious awakening on the road to religious maturity. Instead, Samuel is called by God in a time of spiritual desolation, religious corruption, political danger, and social upheaval. He is called at a time of darkness when the lamp of God had not yet gone out. Tomorrow... Our country will celebrate what many agree is a modern-day prophet, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. 
If you spend any time on social media, media, you have probably already seen the posts and the photos and the memes sharing the beautiful words of Dr. King. In our popular imagination, we have smoothed out the scary bits of Dr. King's story. We haven't so much forgotten the violence or the death threats or bombings or police brutality or his assassination. The parts that we have chosen to forget is that when Martin was called by God to speak a word of justice, he began with the church, and many in the church refused to accept that judgment. We maybe aren't too quick to share Martin's words written from a jail cell in Birmingham to the religious leaders that were more cautious than courageous and that remained silent behind the anesthetizing security of stained glass windows. We would rather remember the beautiful words of darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that, hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. But we want to forget and not listen to Martin's words that the judgment of God is upon the church as never before. If today's church does not recapture the sacrificial spirit of the early church, it will lose its authenticity, forfeit the loyalty of millions, and be dismissed as an irrelevant social club with no meaning for the 20th century. We want the memory of Dr. King without the indictment of the sickness in our country and its institutions. We don't want to hear the words that it is an unhappy truth that racism is a way of life for the vast majority of white Americans, spoken and unspoken, acknowledged and denied, subtle and sometimes not so subtle, the disease of racism permeates and poisons a whole body politic. Dr. King was a prophet, not answering a general call to serve God, not growing in maturity of faith, but a prophet called to speak into a particular time and place. King was called in a time of injustice, corruption, and violence, but King knew that the lamp of God had not yet gone out. Dr. King's words, spoken more than 50 years ago, still resonate and sting today. Perhaps because we have not yet accepted God's judgment, or perhaps because we find ourselves again in a moment of turmoil that is fueled by the same sin that Dr. King called us to repent from. In this moment, we need to not be quick to smooth over the difficult parts of what is happening in our communities and our country. There is injustice and oppression and corruption. There's racism, there's violence, there's sickness, there's death. The violence that we witnessed at our Capitol on January 6th was not done by some foreign force, some rogue people. It was done by us. U.S. flags flew. Flags saying Jesus saves were seen in the crowd. And Dr. King said, we will have to repent in this generation, not merely for the hateful words and actions of the bad people, but for the appalling silence of the good. But even in this current moment, as uncertain and dark as it may seem, I come to you to say the lamp of God has not yet gone out. God is calling to us in this moment. For some of us, God is calling us to be prophets of the Lord and to be like Samuel, to stand up and say, Speak, for your servant is listening. For others, God is calling us to be faithful leaders that even when we know that the judgment is against us, even when we know that the whole world will change and we may lose our position, 
and power like Eli, we need the courage to help others discern God's word and to say, do not hide it from us. It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. On the night before Dr. King was assassinated, he preached a powerful sermon that so many of us are familiar with. In that moment, King had been rejected by his fellow civil rights leaders. His call to take on poverty and to end the war in Vietnam had left him isolated from many in the movement. The sermon that he preached that night was shaped by his understanding that death was near. But in that moment, he gave a call for hope and for action. Let us rise up tonight with a greater readiness. Let us stand with a greater determination and let us move on in these powerful days, these days of challenge to make America what it ought to be. We have an opportunity to make America a better nation. In this moment, we have got to listen and respond to God's call. To be faithful now, in this particular place, at this particular time, we need the courage of Samuel to speak God's prophetic word and the trust in God of Eli to hear it. The lamp of God has not yet gone out. Amen.